This is The Good Stuff. Let's get to know those who are doing the good stuff in our community. We'll chat with everyone from small business owners to local officials. Join us as we go around town to find the hidden gems. This is your host, Andy Tomlinson. Welcome to the Good Stuff Podcast. The Good Stuff Podcast, once again. Uh, When I say once again, we've done this before, but my audio was terrible. I'm here with Dave Huggins, the uh, race director for the Buck 50 race and uh, a friend. So I'm going to start it off with my questions that I always ask is, uh, what is your favorite breakfast, lunch, and dinner spot? All right. And Andy, like, thanks for having me. This will be fun. Uh, absolutely. Obviously, we like to chat, so I appreciate being on the good stuff. And I like the uh, the theory of this podcast because I feel like our world needs a lot more good information and a lot absolutely. less negativity. So excited to listen in and hear what you know great things are happening. Well, so, let me let me interrupt you. I remember talking to you. I don't know. It's been probably ten years ago, and you said you don't lo- you don't watch the news, and I always thought. He's nuts. I always watch the news. You know what? I don't watch the news. <laughs> North got me on one last night. He was telling me about uh, a shooting that happened, and he was. I'm like, as and he's telling me about. It. He's like, dude, you don't you know about this? I'm like, I don't. I don't no. know about this, North. I don't watch the news. No, which has been good for COVID because I quit watching it. Anyway. Yeah, you want to stay informed, but you, it's hard to sometimes hear a lot of the when you're just hearing bad stuff. So we're about yeah. the good stuff. So That's let's, right. Food. Food's important. Food's and, very uh, important, obviously, to me. If I'm eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, breakfast is going to be at Carl's Townhouse. It's yep. a favorite breakfast spot of mine. The favorite breakfast spot of mine. Lunch, I like to eat lunch on Thursdays at our kitchen because mm-hmm. they have the General Tso's chicken. Which is phenomenal. Yep, sticky rice, um, all that stuff. Oh yeah, so good, so good. I I have not eaten there for breakfast or lunch and dinner yet, but that could happen. Uh, <laughs> it could happen because my wife and family loves that meal as well. And if I'm dinner, I would. I really like the smokehouse and um, the poorhouse. I can. I can trickle them in for sure. uh, lunch or dinner. But I also will tell you that I like these sandwiches that they have at 50 West. Yeah. And I like the Kansas City chicken sandwich. Yeah. That's become a favorite of mine. And I've had that for both lunch and dinner at different occasions, not on the same day yet. I had it yesterday. And um, for you listeners at home, we, we did this podcast and the audio was terrible. And he had the same... Uh, answers of the, this this question, so that's good. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> I don't know why I had it written. Rachel down, gets Rachel gets mad at me because I eat the same food everywhere <laughs> I go. But it's like that's what I eat. That's what I like at that place. So it it's yeah. one less decision I have to make during the day. I get it. Um, early riser or night owl? I'm or definitely both? an early riser. Yeah, still. And how about night owl? You still are you kind of um, going to bed early? I I would tell you that I like to I actually like the winter time because it's dark out early and I feel Go like better. I can like head to bed about eight or eight thirty and watch some shows and then 
be off the La La Land by 10. That's ideal. And then yeah. up at like five. Yeah. Um, I used to sleep in. I, I don't anymore. I love to get up change at four that. o'clock once in a while. Uh, I do that at least probably once or twice a month to knock out some tasks that I have to do or emails or things I need to read when the world is quiet. Sure. And not only do I get some things done, but in a sick way, it makes me feel tough because I know so many people are sleeping and I'm getting ahead of them right now. <laughs> it's true. Um, what book are you reading? Um, I just finished. It's funny because when we were doing this before, I, were, I was listening to this podcast about uh, Native American culture and That's right. some of their traditions. And I just finished that one. And I actually... Um, Going further was that the name of that? What was that? Yeah, go, uh, keep going. Keep going. Yeah, so that was that one. And now I'm listening to another uh, Native American book, and let me tell you what that one is. Um, it's about healing, and it's kind of interesting because it's this uh, Cherokee uh, Indian who went into medicine, and you know, really did a diverse uh, study of some Native American culture healing techniques, Yeah, um, some spiritual healing techniques, and then, of course, modern medicine. And so far, the philosophy that, I've, that he's developed out of that is like, they all work. Like, yeah. don't point at one as being so much better than the other. It's what the person believes as and being needs. important. That yeah. that's what they need to pursue. So pretty interesting. So more, uh, what are they talking about? Like, um, local medicine or, uh, these guys are all, this guy lived all over the place. He lived in, in California. Um, he studied up in the Dakotas. He studied at the university of Pittsburgh. Hmm. Um, that's cool, but it's, yeah, just something, I guess you could say it's, it's kind of an interest. I yeah. Mean, a little bit of self-help stuff. Mostly sure. just like the calm, the calming spirit that the Native American culture has that Dave Huggins doesn't have enough calming spirit in his life. Sure. I remember at the beginning of COVID, um, uh, I was freaked out like, what is going to happen? And then uh, I got into meditation. Holy cow. Uh, and I enjoy that. You like it? Still doing it? Uh, haven't as much. Uh, I probably should. It actually helps. Cause so I had COVID, and I still have that what they call the brain fog, and it comes in waves. And when I have a really brain foggy day, if I meditate, it feels better. So I, strange. I, I've done some yoga, and I enjoy that. That's a little same but different kind yeah. of concept. I and did that too during out. COVID. Um, my mind works extremely hard and I need to find ways to slow it down. Yeah. It, you feel better. That's for sure. I always thought it was hokey, but I, uh, I like it now. Agree. A hundred percent. But anyway, we're, we're actually here to talk about the good stuff with the buck 50 since it just, uh, ended and I talked to you before it started. So you're probably in a better place, uh, mentally. <laughs> I, I'm really, uh, thankful, pumped, excited about what we just pulled off two weeks ago. Yeah. It was, uh, 
it was, you know, I, I work on the race all year long, but I'm a huge fan of the race. And yeah. I just like to watch the runners and the people and the stories that happen through our event. Um, I kind of, I don't like to wish my life away, but considering we put on two races in nine months and That's... dealt with all this COVID, it was a really intense time in my life and yeah. I'm a planner and I didn't get as much time to plan for things. I had to do a lot of more reacting and just trying to get it done. So I'm really excited for 2022. Really excited. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure. We've got so many plans and things in place that are going to be a little bit better and different for the runners. But um, this community, goodness, they yeah. They come together for the buck 50 in a way that I'm getting more confident in saying that almost no other running event can do Sure. because the amount of people that are involved in the buck 50 from a volunteer perspective, working the race is probably 400 plus. Wow. And incredible. They love it. They they're out there in the middle of the night. Um, all hours, all conditions. Yeah. And they're cheering on these runners and they have music for the runners. And in some cases they're making, you know, food or offering snacks or water. Yeah. Um, there's people along the roadways that, you know, um, gosh, I keep trying to, I, I saw it out on leg 10 on County line road. Uh, there's a farm up there yeah. on the South side. And I can't ever remember these guys' name, but they always have like a little fire out by the road and they're cheering the runners on as they go by. Do what was that Gearheart maybe? No, it's past Gearheart. It's like right between uh Ore Road and uh when you get to Kingston. Yeah. Wes is the son, and there's a the father. They, they Ellis, Tim Ellis. Yes, that's who I'm talking about. Yeah. I think it's Ellis Farm. Okay. Those guys hang out there and just the runners love it because runners are going through there between like, I don't know, 10 and 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. Uh, I remember I, that was my run. And it was been a couple of years, but yeah, I remember feeling the excitement and uh, everyone having a good time. And yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I even had a volunteer tell me on Monday this week, I had lunch with one of them and you know, they were talking about how the, the runners reciprocate that back and they're thanking the volunteers for being out there. Like, it's yeah. like all we do is just for two days, walk around and thank everybody. That's a great place to live in. That's good. That is the good stuff. That is the good stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I did a little bit of uh, helping. Mike Haller picked me up at eight and uh, we picked up some... Um, signs all across the, the county, which was beautiful and scary all at the same time. When I say scary, like, holy cow. Uh, at night, you don't realize where you're at on this race. And then where you're picking up these uh, signs and stopping in the road. Whoa. Yeah. There's a, we got some, uh, yeah, it's not all beautiful bliss farmland. And it was a family affair. I brought Sterling and Maeve because Meredith had grace at, uh, I think volleyball that night. So I, we didn't have a sitter and we had fun. 
That dude, that's a huge. That's so much appreciated by me. And uh, thank no, you, no, we, Mike, I, for going out there and doing it. I didn't it. say that for that reason, but no, I know. But it's it's. Um, I've gotten better after five years of asking for some help for you some people it. instead Ooh. of trying to doing it. And what I have found in that experience is is not only does it help me and save me some time, but it it also I think people like yourself and Mike enjoy, you know, being able to contribute. So it's absolutely, it's really kind of a win win. And when you start driving this course and you realize how big it is, it's, it's astounding. It is just, uh, and it's beautiful. Really is. It's just so like I told someone the other day, it's like people, when they talk about a 5k, which is what, what most runners are familiar with. Yeah. Well, our average leg is five miles, so it's almost twice that distance. Not quite, but we do that 30 times. So imagine your local 5K putting that same event on 30 times in a row. That's basically what the buck 50 is over a two-day experience. Have you ran every route? I have not. I have not ran every leg. There's um, a few that I haven't. I think that might become a goal of mine yeah. in 2022 to run each leg um there's definitely some that i love to run and are my favorites um have you ran that one that everyone complains about leg 24 it actually is probably my second favorite leg of the course um Mm. leg 18 is my favorite that's out in tar hollow it's on the ridge tops there i think i I ran that one is that where you if if you're runner eight yep yeah, I did it. It's run Sibs. Sib- Sibs run. We call it yeah. Sibs run because he runs checkpoint number 18 and has every year. Now, I didn't have that same reaction as you. <laughs> <laughs> I remember running I, it. I, thinking, it's so – I have decided that I love hills as a runner. Um, so if there's a leg of the course that would not probably – that's probably pretty far down the list that I would say would be like leg seven – that looks terrible to me. What was it? It's it's it starts at uh, Ohio Cat out there on 138. Yep. They're great people. They actually have volunteers that work from Ohio Cat at that checkpoint, and then Ohio Cat is generous enough to contribute uh, x amount of dollars per hour that their employees work. So not only do they work the checkpoint, but Ohio Cats paying them to work wow. the checkpoint, and so the buck fifty benefits and that. But it basically starts from there, and then they run into Clarksburg. Okay, uh, but yeah, I like hilly leg twenty four in Soda Trails is super gnarly, um, yeah. and I love it. It is the. I think I'm going to change the rankings next year. <laughs> I think there's been enough hate on leg twenty four that runner four might become the most difficult runner. Yeah, uh, and probably warranted. Yeah, I would steer clear of that one. All right, you're. I, I I've raced with you in the past, and you are a planner, and you look ahead, and you know exactly where you're going. I'm opposite. I don't want to know where I'm going because I will be upset when I see it. So I remember going up Tar Hollow, thinking, "Oh my God, this is awful." But you know, at the end, it was fine. And then. I remember my van passing me and I kind of gave them the bird. Like, why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> but it's a love hate relationship with me and running. So, 
I, I love the, um, nothing, nothing makes me more proud as the race director of the buck 50 than when people get upset about how difficult the terrain is that I made them go on because I really, I guess, you know, one of my life simple philosophies is that I, I think life is really, really hard. I think that no matter who you are or what your circumstances are, life tends to throw us lots of curveballs and lots of trouble, whether that's uh, financially, relationships, work, um, our 100%. health. It's, it's, it's almost like I've always believed in the two steps forward, one step back. So I think you just have to be prepared for that. And I think as a runner, as you know, it's like you train, you train, you train, you get better. And then once you accomplish some of these things and take on these difficult tasks, you realize that you can overcome them. You can get yeah. through this. You, you need to persevere. Um, yeah. I, you never know. You might talk me into running again. I noticed that you guys are trying to get the 150 uh, maximum this year coming up. Is that right? Yeah, we've, uh, I've, I've decided, you know, we've always had this goal. Well, we had a goal of having a hundred teams. We had a hundred teams registered in 2020. And then our maximum number of teams that we've always said that we would take would be 150. And that's because we want to put on a well-organized race and we don't want it to become overrun to where it's chaos. Sure. So, um, History-wise, we've done five years. We had 38 teams, 74 teams, 83 teams, 106 in 2020, and we had 74 teams this year uh, just two weeks ago. Wow. And I think it's time that we really push hard to sell this race out. Yeah. I'm a little bit crazy in thinking that I can get 150 teams when that's – 44 more than we've ever had. But I think that we've done enough legwork and we've proven to enough people that we know what we're doing. It is a well-organized event. It's yeah. worth your time, money, and energy to participate. Um, well, and let's face it too, the last two years has been just a little different, you know. It has been. And we've uh, survived that. So to me, it's yeah. almost like you know, to, to have been able to pull this race off twice in a pretty stringent COVID world. And we all hope that next year we're not, we're dealing with that a lot less. Um, I, I think, feel good I about it. Are. I think, I think the downtown thing this year was just unbelievable. It I was, do too. So many runners came to us and had huge praise and felt like it really made the event feel like a big time event. Like they're in Columbus or they're in, right. you know, Cincinnati and, uh, I, I haven't had a chance yet to circle back around to the restaurant owners. I hope they did well, but, um, it was fun for us, uh, working the event there. We're yeah. on the stage on Friday and hometown hibachi is brewing up their stuff. And so yeah. you know, someone from the team ran down and got that. And I had, I did make my Carl's breakfast Saturday yeah, morning at eight 30. I can't believe I pulled it off. It was close. It was really touch and go there for a while, but um, we kind of got a, I kind of had a window and had to drive to the other side of the course and do some work. And so, um, I said, I'm going, I'm going down there, Carl. I'm going to get yeah. my breakfast in. So I did that. Well, 
I'm glad that um, you didn't have the emergency that you had last time. So. Um, oh, absolutely. I yeah. The the retina tear last year in July was a little bit challenging. Just a um, little. <laughs> but I was, you know, fortunately that shows where you've got a great team of people that you're working with because I left the race. Most people didn't realize it and uh, everything went off without a hitch. So uh, we really just have such a great team of people that I get to work with. You know, William Preston, our board president. I talk to William almost every day, it seems like. And he actually works at Ohio State in their IT department hmm. and just told me yesterday that um, kind of talking about the good stuff here. Yeah. Um Ohio State is going to do a story on him in, internally within their organization at the medical center there about sure. his work with the Buck 50. And I think that kind of inspired them as he's telling this story. And, you know, they want to maybe get more involved and try to get more people from Ohio State involved with the Buck 50 next year. So, well, that'd be good. Maybe yeah. some more runners. More runners. It's so exciting. So exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. I mean, it's good for our community. And the things that, you know, let's go back to what it really does. It, it uh, helps kids uh, try to get off of drugs or not be on drugs at all, which is very important. It is. You know, this this race was founded as a fundraiser for a drug prevention program called Drug Free Clubs of America. And we started working on this initiative in the summer, early fall of 2015, and then had our first group of kids in eight local high schools enroll in 2016-2017. And just for some uh, more clout to the race and the people of this community, the average enrollment in drug-free clubs of America for these teenagers at that time was 18%. And Mr. Chris Scott put a goal out of um, our community was going to do 25 or 30%. And they said, you're crazy. And then when he said that we were going to do this in eight high schools at once, they said, well, you're really crazy because no one started eight schools at once. But Chris had a big heart. And I think that our community knew that we needed to make a change. And so it was really amazing. I'll say, A, how much work it was, but B, how easy the work really seemed like it went because so many people wanted to help and open doors for the program to exist. And in that first year, we knocked it out of the park and had 45% enrollment. Wow. And now you fast forward four or five years and we average about 70% enrollment. That's incredible. It, the stories these kids tell, um, we have an essay Drug Free Clubs America has an essay contest each spring. And because I now work at Drug Free Clubs of America, I get to read the top uh, the top list and then shuffle that down to a group of 10. Sure. So just this week I was reading through these essays about what these kids think about the club and why they're involved. And this one story this kid wrote it was so refreshing to read because this has kind of been my personal philosophy or theory about the club. And I was actually telling a friend of mine that same day who uh, lives in Colorado, what this club means and what this club represents and how these kids view it. And my philosophy has been this. I think it's really hard for kids to grow up 
And I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of pressure on them through social media and parenting and texting. I think that, yeah, it's just they're constantly hammered. And so yeah. I think most kids just want to get through school. They don't want to get picked on. They want to have the right clothes. They want to have the right friends. They want to sit together with someone at lunch and not be alone. Right. None of us want to be alone. Not at all. But when you're an adolescent, that's, those feelings are maximized by 10, 20, 50 times. I don't know. They just feel that a lot stronger. Yeah. And this, this club gives schools the opportunity to let every kid be involved. So now if you're the, whether you're on the football team or the band or the drama club, or you're the smartest kid in the school, or, or maybe you struggle academically, maybe you have some behavioral issues, whatever those things are, we can all synergize around this one common theme that we're not going to do drugs and we're going to do this together. And this kid, I'm reading this essay, Andy, and he's writing this almost verbatim. Like I'm, I'm now a senior. I've been in this club for four years. When I joined the club as a freshman, I was standing in line and barely even knew what I had signed myself up for. And the kid behind me is like, well, what do we do? And he's like, well, we're getting ready to take a drug test. We're going to pee in a cup. <laughs> he's like, what? And he said, now this guy's like my best friend. We still hang out every weekend. Wow. That's powerful. And, yeah. And he looks back now at these freshmen and sophomores and he's like, he sees how they're building relationships and they're, you know, now have friend groups and they're able to have these friend groups where drugs aren't involved. That's amazing. Um, I, I, you know, we, on our last talk, we talked about, uh, how I just recently lost my brother to drugs and what you're doing is, um, great. I, you know, who knows if, uh, my brother had this, uh, growing up, things might be different. Um, I, I'm still kind of a mess about it. I can't believe he's gone and it's all cause of drugs. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, <laughs> The one terrible thing I probably have to say is it's not going to get better for you for a long time because I think that, you know, after losing my father, you know, 10 years ago at this pretty close to this point, um, you know, when it's a loved one and someone close to you like Derek was with you, um, Deacon, there's Deacon, there's times you just want to talk. And when you don't have the ability to talk to someone and they're just gone from the face of this earth. Things hit home real hard, and it it just it's just it's just tough in that world. And then I think that you know the biggest challenge I think with uh, you know this drug epidemic is the person who's battling drugs are the ones who quote have the problem, but it's all the people around them that get affected so substantially. There's no question. Yeah, it's. I mean, our family was dealing with it for years and, you know, it's things that you just, we don't even want to talk about, but, um, it's, you know, one cool thing we did this year, Andy, and, and I'll, and I'll just tell you, I'll do it. Um, we have what we call the memory mile in on leg number eight and Christy Lamon sets that up for us. And she sets up these tiki torches for the last mile coming into Brown's chapel church. And she's done this for the last couple of years, but this year, you know, we real she really hit it right. Finally, we finally kind of figured out how to do this. Um, 
And so Christy did the most beautiful thing this year where, you know, first of all, Christy lost her son, Joe, um, you know, to the drug epidemic. And so she has a scholarship fund in Joe's name. And when you're running that last mile into checkpoint eight, there's all these tiki torches. And this year she had signs made up. So you could, you know, for 20 bucks, you could, you could basically buy a sign and a, and a tiki torch that would be lit. And then she had the sign lit up, but it was for someone who had passed or for someone that had survived and, you know, came out on the other side and was recovered. And, you know, all the money that's raised is going into the scholarship fund that, that she's using to help some of our area kids, you know, into the next level of their education. And it's so wow. to me, it's just like, well you you might have me running uh uh runner eight eight. again dude it's amazing it's yeah i know it is um and to me that that makes me feel so good to think like that was never part of what we thought about when we started the buck 50 sure but here's an here's another great thing happening in our community that has been spurred through the efforts of the buck 50 well even that that route to Brown's Chapel means something, you know. Remember that box down in the basement? I I pull up and always have these letters and from yeah. 1800s. Well, there's all these letters from White Brown, um, who started Brown's Chapel and who is a relative of mine. So it's kind of oh man, that's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah, you yeah. got okay. So we got you signed up for a team next year. <laughs> I got 26. I got to start training. Got 26 teams. Now we got 27. <laughs> another. Um, but what you guys do is is truly the good stuff. And thank you guys for doing it. Um, you and Chris and everyone else in the community that's helping. I mean, you said 400 people. Are, I think I think our community is entrenched in this. Um, and, you know, it goes back to 2015 when this whole drug epidemic started and you know, we were in the rotary together and, and we all kind of as a community came together and, and, and are fighting this. And, you know, we're still fighting and, and probably will for a long time. But uh, Ross County, Chillicothe is whew, great community that will stand behind and, and try to make things better. That's right. A lot of love and yeah. respect here for people. And um, nothing in this happen. nothing in this world happens without hard work and perseverance. Right. And we're, yeah. and like you said, we're committed for years to come. Yeah. You know, part of the, you know, it, it'll be fun to have 150 teams next year, but you know, I feel like the, the more money that we can raise through the buck 50, whether that's sponsorships or runner entry fees, the, the more powerful things that we can do in this drug prevention fight that we're in. Um, sure. So I'm certainly excited for what, um, I mean, I'm proud for where what we've done, but I say this pretty often that we're just getting started. We're, we're really just starting to hit our stride and um, there's a ton of good things to come in store for sure. And I'm excited to see it and maybe, maybe run it again. Um, boy, I have to call you to get some motivation to run again. We'll get you in that Buck 50 Runners group on Facebook. That's a pretty neat group. There's probably about 1,100 people in there. Um, they're running legs of the race all the time in groups. And, uh, 
you know, we, you know, to me, it's exciting to talk, you know, think about we're 12 months away from next year's race and we already have 26 teams committed to, you know, this is this, that entrenched because it's become like, that's the staple of their running season. Yeah. And, well, it's a great time. It's spring. It's everything comes alive and the yeah. weather is uh, perfect. That July thing that you did because of middle of COVID was probably <laughs> awful. I had more than one person say that uh, if you ever run when it's 90 degrees again, <laughs> yeah. you won't see me. And I can appreciate that because I don't like hot weather either, folks. Yeah, but you were given a bad uh, set of cards and you, you did the best. Yeah, we we, we, uh, we made lemonade out of lemons. Yes, and, you did. Uh, you sure did. I think that's really the part of life once again that running teaches you in this race to teach people too is there's some things that suck in this world there's yeah. some things that suck really really bad but you can either muscle up and make a plan and persevere and get it done or you can stand around and talking about it right. and i don't ever want to be the guy who stands around and talks about stuff i want to be the guy who is taking action and trying to make things better and being positive. Yeah. Having a good time with it for that matter. I love doing this work. I don't, I mean, I've worked, uh, I, I worked, think you found your calling. That's for sure. Oh uh, Yeah. I, I worked 110 hours the week of the buck 50 and I worked 65 hours the week before. And I loved every single minute of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, so li listeners, you probably don't know, but we worked together for some time and, uh, he was all about the buck 50 then and all about it now. And there's nothing that I, I'm glad that you found your, your passion and your vision and your, your goals. I mean, thanks Andy. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for your support of the race. I mean, our, we're insured at Tomlinson insurance. Yeah. Uh, thank they you. helped us with all this crazy event insurance and all year long having a general liability that, you know, kind yeah. of the eyes and crossing the T's things that I never knew you really needed, but, it's nice to have a good resource and, and even a sponsor for the race. So uh, yeah. full, full thanks and Absolutely. appreciation for what Tomlinson Insurance does for us and everyone else in the community. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, again, uh, hopefully this audio is, uh, is on point because it wasn't last time and if but I, I do feel like we every time we do talk, we get a little more out. So it's it's good. No problem. I, I love uh, love you, Andy, and I appreciate you love as you a too. friend and uh, thankful for what you do with this podcast and all the other things in the community. So keep it up. And uh, you if too. you ever need me on the show again or this recording is not great, call me. We'll do it again, brother. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. All right, Have a great day. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.